You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. Hello, hello. Hey, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hey, hello, hello. Keep going. Hey, hello, hello. (laughs) Hello. It's me (laughs) again. I don't remember the rest. Mm. I just like uh, Andre Benjamin part. Absolutely. That's the best part of the song to me. 100%. Anyway, we're going to talk about networking professionally today. Um, Some do's and don'ts for approaching folks when you are looking for opportunities and or have an opportunity. Um, We've had some crazy experiences in our time. I know I have. Bruh. It's just weird, like people being weird, even on LinkedIn and on platforms where you're supposed to be professional. And then, of course, in real life, you know, people trying to talk to you and it's, is it about business or is it not? I don't know. Um, and sometimes you can tell when it's just like, man, you just don't really know any better because like the way you're talking right now is not really making me want to, you know, have that kind of partnership or connection with you when it comes to professionalism and how you create those relationships. Fam, you do not have to try to trick a woman into a date um, with a business meeting because that's just going to piss us off. I don't know if that happens to me. I'm sure it does. But like Lexi and I were talking about that. It's actually kind of what inspired this episode. And it's so much bigger than that. But don't waste people's time and don't waste your own. Like networking is so important in growing your business and in growing your you know professional stature and learning and doing things. And people like that give it a bad name. Yeah, and I've had um, kind of networking that was like at Starbucks and then that turned into later down the road like 50, 60K project. Like, so it is great to network. I think we get to the point now, like when I'm scrolling Twitter, I see people talking about networking. It kind of has um, like more of a bad stigma to it or people are like, eh, that just sounds like you're kind of trying to sell people and sounds like you're just trying to get something from people. And it doesn't have to be that way. It depends on the way you approach it. Uh, if you think about it, like building relationships with people that you can serve, um, with people who also can be beneficial for you, then that's no problems there. But like Carly said, definitely don't try to play people. So make sure you you keep your intentions pure. And I remember when I first got to USC, um, starting business school, I was always like, man, I hate what networking is so fake. It's so fake. And it can be. And a lot of it is. But you get in what you put out. And so building these authentic relationships turns into like lifelong clients, lifelong friends, lifelong opportunities, like making a good impression with somebody. They might call you or connect you five years later and it turns into this big contract. So just making sure that whenever you are doing these relationships, like, yes, it can seem fake and there's a lot of nonsense out there, but I very much believe you get in or you get out what you put into something. Yeah, when I used to live in Washington, D.C., I went to a lot more um, like straightforward networking events. And uh, I can't think of what they call now, like being something, being eyes or something like that, where it's like these groups of different professionals. And the point of the group is like you're supposed to refer each other like within the group. So I used to do a lot of those things. And because of that, I did get a lot of opportunities. But for me, the biggest thing that I didn't like about networking is not feeling like it was always worth the time. Um, And two, just being overwhelmed because it's like I already don't really like talking that much or like really having to have the small talk and get to Mm. know you and, you know, hear about what you have to say. And also 
if I'm being honest and thinking about it now, it's because maybe I wasn't as clear or didn't have a very clear pitch myself or like be able to tell somebody, hey, I do this or I'm looking for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of those reasons, it's like it was very beneficial, but I kind of got burnt out from doing it. Um, and I think when I came to L.A., I didn't do as much uh, real life networking, like going to things to network, um, but can still kind of use like online methods. Yeah, and I think the overwhelm was a big piece for me too that you just mentioned. Not only in that, but it's overwhelming and like you're meeting so many new people and doing so many things and everybody offers this and you're trying to follow up with this and it can kind of be a lot. And so finding a way to streamline that process, but also making sure that you know what you want and what you're doing that. And so those are some things that keep people from networking or some aversions and real stigmas around it. But there are so many more reasons to network and to do that like, um, the first one is to expand your team. I know that's something that Lexi's been doing with Cap Social this whole time is like bringing people on the team. And the only way to do that is through networking. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it gives you opportunities to talk to and learn from professionals who have skills that you need or that you want to improve. Um, I've been spending a lot of time doing that as well, where I'll talk to people at other agencies or um, friends and you know their profi- professional experience and just say, hey, how do y'all do this over there? What kind of platforms are you using or... Um, seeing what kind of tips they have for different things. And a lot of times it's like you don't have to reinvent the wheel when you can actually just have conversations with other people who are living that experience as well. Um, And it's just easier for them to just be like, oh, try this or we do this. Um, And to get some inspiration to either improve yourself or learn something different to try. Mm -hmm. And opportunities to speak or teach or, you know, work in your strengths and share kind of what you do or what your expertise are like that's networking has been the biggest thing for expansion for my business and opportunities to do those things. I got conferences on panels in schools, like hosting panels and hosting events is all through, you know, word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, of course, this is probably the one that people think of most is Professional and business networking can give you an opportunity to gain new clients and or to find a job or find work with other people. So um, I think we remember like those job fairs and different things like that mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, you're talking to folks and you kind of have to sell yourself a little bit um, and and show people how you're a good fit and all of that, which is also what used to be overwhelming as well because it's like, oh, man, like you kind of want people to like, yo, you want me, but you got to show people and prove to people, you know, why you should be there. And so uh, networking is a great way to get those new opportunities. Not only outside of your company, but also within your company, like go Mm -hmm. talk to people from different departments, go, you know, see what they're working on, see what you're working on, see where those strengths are. Cause maybe you really love your company, but you don't feel like you're in the right position or maybe you've outgrown it. Like networking is a great way to make those contacts and let them think of you for other positions or to cross train on different projects. Mm -hmm. And when you do professional networking, it helps you to stay top of mind. So when you're talking to folks, you might not always, you know, have a conversation and it's like, oh, let's do this. But now when they kind of know more about you and something comes up, your name might be remembered. If you're connected on LinkedIn, they're kind of seeing you from time to time. Your name might be remembered. And so it's just a good way to kind of keep in touch, follow up, see what's going on with folks so that when the time is right for something to happen, uh, they'll remember you and think of you for an opportunity as well. And one of, I think, the most important things that networking does is it gives you access to other networks. Like if you only talk to the people within your circle, 
Like, that's it. But like Lexi might know somebody and they're looking for somebody who does what I do. So then she can connect me and then I meet their network and it just keeps on expanding. So thinking about it like a drop in like a lake or a pond and it just starts to ripple out, you start to get access to all of these other people, all of these other opportunities, jobs, clients, like just everything. Mm -hmm. And so here are some do's and don'ts when you're thinking about professional networking. So the first thing is do go in with a clear intention and motivation. That means some of those things we just said, understand like what do I want and what do I need right now? Um, And when I'm going to speak to whether it's a specific person or whether I'm about to walk into this room or into this virtual thing, what is it that I'm kind of looking for? Have a clear intention and motivation and that way um, you won't kind of feel all over the place when you're having those conversations. Because mm-hmm, that's part of the overwhelm. If you're not clear, it's going to be very clear in that conversation that you don't know what you want. Um, another important one is to not ask too many questions or demand too much at once. Like you're not reaching out to people you don't know where scheduling coffee so they can give you a job. You're not doing that so they can like, man, let me pick your brain. And then you have a dissertation worth of questions for them, like pay people, like respect their time, respect that. Like I would recommend if you're reaching out to ask for a 10 or 15 minute conversation like that. And then just see yeah. if it grows into something from there. Because it's overwhelming, too. Because I've gotten, like, LinkedIn messages that will be like, hey, can you look over my deck? And, like, even stuff like that is like, mm, I yeah, you. I might. But, like, I also get to it, like, way down the road. Like, um, or people who, like, they send me, like, hey, here's something I did. Can you look at it? And then they have all these questions. And it's like, yeah, I don't I don't know. It just turns you kind of off from wanting to help versus it'd be, it would have been easier. Like Carly said, just be like, Hey, can we chat for like 10 minutes? Then we can do that and just go through it. But if you send me something specifically, like with a whole lot, you're, you're asking for a lot out of somebody. So make sure you make it easy for them to help you or easy for them to assist you or easy for them to understand what you need and what you really want. And in that, whenever you're sending like, hey, can we meet for coffee or, you know, a virtual chat next week for 10 minutes? Don't say any time works for me. Give them days and times. Make it easy so they can look at their calendar mm-hmm. and be like, oh, no, no, no. Yes, I can do Friday. Bam. Mm-hmm. Wham, bam. Mm-hmm. Um, also, do have charisma. So, you know, I you don't have to be all extra like smiley, smiley and like fake kind of acting because there is a little too much. But it is important even if you're like looking for an opportunity or looking for a job, you may be like, yo, I'm about to be evicted. I need something. But don't downplay yourself and don't make it so there's kind of a pity party time. I, I've also had an experience with that where um, I had somebody who was like, you know, I just want to call you and talk to you and think about some different things I want to do. And you seem like somebody who could kind of mentor me through that. And it's like, all right, cool. But when I talked to them on the phone, it was like so depressing that it was kind of like, bro, like the first thing you got to do is like work on mindset because you're not, you know, you're not making me feel like I want to put you somewhere the way you're talking and the way you're sounding. Um, And it's hard to always feel positive. Maybe you don't even necessarily have to feel positive, but you need to feel confident and good about what you bring to the table and what you need and what you want um, to help other people feel good about that as well. Because if you don't feel good about yourself, how am I supposed to feel good about you too? And so we always say it starts with self. Make sure you start there because if you come to me like, man, I know I'll never be on this level and I'll yeah, never be able weird. to do this. It's like, Ugh. it's like the people who DM you like, Hey, I know you're never not going to answer this, but, and it's like, 
I know I'm you not. Right. I'm not. I know I'm not on your level, and yeah. I never will be. But if you, you right. want to click, yeah, delete, block, leave me like, alone. Yeah, why would you? You're already putting the block in front of yourself. Like that's just the worst thing you can do. And with that, the charisma, like you don't have to be fake. Like she said, I just want to emphasize that. Like be authentic, be you, because then it'll be exhausting trying to keep up this facade. But but you do need to be likable. Yeah, I, I will say that you um, do have to, and be that's likeable. something I've learned. Like even if your own self is kind of like not so like friendly seeming it is important to be likable because you want people to enjoy your company enjoy your aura and want to be around you Mm -hmm. the next one is to do be prepared we've kind of mentioned it but just emphasizing do be prepared you want to be able to clearly introduce yourself talk about what you do and say what you need like I think that's your checklist like can I introduce myself can I talk about what I do clearly and concisely and in a way that you understand and like to tell you what I need. So if I tell you all this great stuff and you're like, all right, so how can I help you? Uh, mm-hmm. That's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to communicate that. And then have your um, like resources together. Like if you need a website and it's so funny because I think I went like six, no, it couldn't have been six years, five, six years, a long time without even having a website. And it was just like, all right, let me, <laughs> and then I put it together and, you know, like got something together in like a week, but it, it's just that you'll limit yourself and how much you can do because appearances are important and you know this yourself. Like it may seem shallow, but when you go to a website to buy something, if it's like that old school website or stuff's not clicking right or it leads and this image is broken, you're not really fucking with it. Like it, be honest. And so it is important to have that for things to be clear laid out. If you are trying to sell something like have a one sheet because people are always like, Oh yeah, send me this and send me that. And again, you can finesse through all this without anything. Like you can talk about it. If you can speak clearly to things, give people the information they need, then you could be fine, but it's good to have a website, uh, have know what your services are, know what your product is. Know, Mm -hmm. like Carly said, what you need exactly. Um, or even just having the right space for people to reach out to you. Um, there can be people who will send me, like you send me a message, but then they don't even put the information there that they need to have there. Like, you know, so what is your email address or what is, you know, whatever. Just make sure you have all those things together to make it easy. Because if it's not easy, the chances of people actually following up with you or following through are very slim to none. Like, you know, if you have to click too much, you're going to be done with the website, done with whatever. So make it easier for people, especially when you're trying to build relationships, to see the things um, and have that. It's also important to know who you need um, in a space. Like if you... Like uh, I have example from from business school, actually, in my venture capital class, the professor said, look, like I'm a managing partner at a VC, uh, like a venture capital firm that does investments in entrepreneurs and their businesses and startups. And he was like, look, I'll connect you with whoever you want, but you have to know who you need to talk to. For example, um, this kid in my class, like, yeah, I want to talk to this company. And he was like, all right, what's your company? And who do you want to talk to at the thing? He was like, I want to talk to Susie. And he was like, but you said your company was this and Susie only does this. Like, I would never connect you. Like, that doesn't even make sense. So, like, you trying to go to the baker to get your car fixed. Like, that does not make <laughs> sense. And so he embarrassed him. He embarrassed that kid. And he was like, bro, like, I would never, ever connect you. And so I just want you to think about that and be very intentional with your time and know, like, at least know who you're talking to. And if not, ask questions. Say, man, I'm really looking for this, but I don't really know what that is. And ask somebody mm-hmm. a question. 
And it's also best to really know who you need also, because then that helps you to cater your presentation and your like content and your marketing messages to the right person so that it's it makes sense for them. Sometimes, and we see this in marketing, it's like, hey, you think you're saying this person's your audience, but then everything you're doing is like for some other group or for somebody else. Um, so it's important for you and for your clarity to be clear on that. And I, I talk about that a lot when I teach about LinkedIn. It's like, yo, if on LinkedIn, you can put in job titles. So if you know, um, hey, I want to get in curriculums into a school, then you got to first figure out and research like, yo, who is the title or what's the person who may be the one who makes those decisions. Now you can be looking for those things and find those people that you really need to actually have the right conversations instead of maybe hitting like a teacher at the school or whatever. Although sometimes also um, another point can be to look for the low hanging fruit of people that you already know. So if you know a teacher at a school, now you can have a conversation with them and ask them, hey, can you let me know who I need to talk to? And that's also good to have a warmer introduction. So whenever you can get some kind of a warm uh, introduction or like warm connection with somebody, definitely go that route because now you have the trust factor of now Carly's telling somebody, hey, you should hit up Alexia. And because they trust Carly and they like Carly, then they are already kind of like, oh yeah, so I'm, a, I'm probably going to rock with you. So it's good to do that too, to even though you're professionally networking, think about who's right around you and then move out from there. Absolutely. A warm introduction is always a million times better than a cold one. And in that, um, we've talked about knowing what you need and knowing what you want and who you need to talk to. I think one of the most important things is also to think about like, how can you be of service to other people? Like, what can you give other people? How can you help them? Um, and not in just like, I do this, you do this, like that type of relationship, but givers gain. You always want to make sure you're providing value to people and then inevitably that value will come back to you. Mm -hmm. And then don't have any expectation about how or if people will respond to you. Um, you know, sometimes it's like maybe something rubbed in the wrong way. Sometimes maybe they don't have nothing to do with you and they're busy um, and people don't always get to respond back or whatever. The main thing, of course, when it comes to business is you got to be on point with your stuff. Um, and then when they, you know, if they see you or they want to engage you, they will. Um, also to add on to that, which is very important, which I was thinking about earlier and I'm glad I, I didn't forget is the biggest do is do actually be good at what you're trying to <laughs> to do. Um, nowadays, I feel like people pick up a camera and it's like photographer or, you know, and it's like, yo, let's give honor to the, mm -hmm. the work that goes into particular skills, um, the examples of things that you've gotten done and like, let's make sure it correlates. It's okay to be like, hey, I'm trying to get into photography. It's okay to say, I just started photography um, you don't have to present yourself like you're shooting Vogue covers when you just got a Nikon yesterday. So be good at what you're doing because in professional networking, you do not want to burn your name. And that's for your own self and for the people you recommend. I'm not going to recommend Carly for something and she not perform and now I look crazy too. So it's very important to really be good at what you do. Yeah, that's that's huge. And I 
man, it's so many people that I see, you know, photographer, business coach doing all these things. And it's like, bro, but what does your fruit look like? And so I also think like, look at your fruit. If you, are you good at what you do? If you have to ask yourself that you might not be, and that's okay. You can work on it and do better. But also when you're recommending people very much look at their fruit and their work and their projects before you recommend anybody, cause you don't want to burn your bridges. I think that that's mm-hmm. really important. Um, and then the last one, and this is a big thing for me is make sure that you follow up, like do follow up with people that you meet, do the things you say that you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And that can be by sending an email, adding them on LinkedIn and social media. Um, I used to have, like when I'd have random calls with people from time to time, like I put their name on my whiteboard with the date on it. So it's like, all right, in a few weeks, let me make sure I check back with them. Um, and then, you know, relationships kind of ebb and flow. But when you check back in, sometimes it's like, oh man, you know, glad you hit me because now XYZ is happening. Um, or it's just good to kind of keep up with what's going on. Also because, and this kind of goes to giver's gain, is that, you know, I, may, I might meet you one time. I know what you do. You know how to do cool, whatever. Now it may be six months later. And if you need something or if you want something, it's like, yo, like you're kind of just calling them when you want something instead of really fostering like, hey, what's new? What's been going on? And getting to a point where now when there's some kind of synchronicity or something to do, it's not just like, oh, you're just picking up the phone, you know, to get something done necessarily. But like you actually care about what they have going on. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference in like being authentic and just kind of networking to get to gain things, which you never win that way. And you have empty relationships and then people will also do that with you. But I think that all of these things are really what differentiates you from everybody else and will help you make those connections that are actually worth something is following up is actually caring what they do, seeing how you can give to them, seeing, you know, like remembering things that they tell you in your conversation, like, Oh, how was your trip to the Bahamas? Like, I remember you said you were going for new year, whatever it was, just like remembering those things and being you and doing it in a way that honors yourself. Mm -hmm. And so some just ideas for professional networking, especially now, you know, while we're still in a pandemic and everything is not all the way open to go to conferences and do stuff like that. Um, One of the big things and the easiest ways to do professional networking is through social media. Um, Consider your bio or your about section, depending on the platform, make sure you kind of keep it clear of like what you do, especially if you are professional. Now, everything on social doesn't have to be all fun. It doesn't have to be all a work account, but Mm -hmm. you mix it up. It's important to have, um, it was like with Twitter, you could say like three, two, one, where it's like, you know, three random kind of original just thoughts you're having, two things that might be work-related and one thing that's um, like a retweet or interacting with somebody else. Like, just mix it up because a lot of the times, and I've this has happened with me, a lot of the times people you're connected to, it's like we're on here joking and kikiing, but then you re- actually realize like, oh, shit, y'all work at like places where I could be doing something or like, oh, I didn't even know you did that. Mm-hmm. And so taking the time to at least present so that somebody can see what you do Um, use Linktree. So using Linktree in your bios for your URL is good because now I can put on there, um, here's a link to my website. Here's a link to my podcast. Here's the links to different things that are important to you and or showcase things that you've done. Um, And that's good because now I might be on Instagram and I might just put up like a selfie. But when you get a lot of traffic, people will click on that to see like, oh, who are you? And now they can see like, oh, I didn't know you did all these other things. And one of the biggest things for me in my link tree is that I have connect with me on LinkedIn on there. And so a lot of people now, if I see that and I'm also a professional or have something going on, they'll connect with me on LinkedIn. And now our combos can be on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like somebody DM me on IG 
which can be fine if it's done the right way. But like they know like, oh, I'm looking to also have a professional relationship here and see what's going on and, and have that kind of conversation with you. And now it's a little bit more pure, like going to LinkedIn. I like that you're directing them. So it's like people kind of go where you direct them. And so by you saying like, you know, having that and being fine helps to get that traffic to your mm-hmm. link tree. I'm about to say, ain't nothing wrong with putting up a little something every once in a while. Actually, that's how I got, um, when I got black and bold as my clients, I remember one of the founders, um, he messaged me on LinkedIn. He was like, hey, um, I come across your Instagram, but then I ended up here and he's like, proof that your funnel works. And it's like, yeah, because like Ta-da. if you're now looking at my stuff, if you do have something else, like, oh, well, let me actually connect here. Um, and then I had a client like in the next two weeks. So it does work out very well that way. And then um, you also had join or start a clubhouse room relevant to your space. And one of the coaches from the gym that I train at, like, man, he's popping on clubhouse. Like mm-hmm. none, of, none of his other social, I mean, they're cool, <laughs> but like his clubhouse is popping. Like he's hosting rooms with trainers and athlete, athletes from like, the, from London and from Australia and different things. And so finding people in your space, like being aware of that and then starting stuff that people can come to. Yeah. And noting that there are different platforms that can maybe be better for your strengths. Like everybody don't look awesome to be on Instagram all day. Everybody isn't witty enough to maybe be tweeting or talking mm-hmm. all day, or you don't care. or don't have the energy to tweet all day. But to your point, the thing about clubhouse and new platforms and staying on top of things is that they tend to be more organic and easier to grow at first before they start adding in the ads and algorithms, things like that. And so like with clubhouse, it's an opportunity where all you have to do is get on there and just you're talking. Um, of course, now we have a lot of people who be on there just saying whatever, but you have the opportunity to be in a room in front of other folks and now they follow you and it just kind of snowballs that way. So explore like the different spaces. It's okay to not be everywhere, but wherever you're going to be, try to have a, a good content flow and schedule um, and participate so that you can get those eyes on you. Absolutely. Um, another one is attending events and conferences and those can be virtual Um like researching organizations that are in your industry um, or maybe you can network with some other professionals that maybe you don't know or across the U.S. or maybe even around the world and like join those, like look at the members and then just see kind of what's happening in the space and in your community. Yeah, and another key to always bring LinkedIn back around to it is that if you're in a virtual event or maybe it's like a Zoom with different people and y'all are networking, the win off of those things is now you go to LinkedIn and you find these people. And now when you connect with them, it's like, hey, it was good to be in this summit with you. Um, or you were great on the panel. I'd love to stay in contact with you. And that way you kind of can start to make this an ongoing thing. It's all about getting it from being fish in the ocean to fish in your aquarium. And so anytime you have meetings with people, a phone call with somebody, um, any group type thing, now go back and connect with them like on a LinkedIn so that now they can kind of be part of your environment there. Man, I need to run our LinkedIn episode back. I need to get my stuff together. (laughs) Um, Another one is spend more time talking to your friends about what they do. And we mentioned that, but it is so important. Your friends are doing so many cool things that you might not know or understand the nuances of. And by talking, you're, you figure out how y'all can connect each other and where you can plug people in. Or maybe you're looking for that videographer and not even knowing or cinematographer, not even knowing that, you know, my friend's best friend is a cinematographer mm-hmm. and doing these things. Yeah. And it's just interesting, too, how a lot of times the people closest to us, we might not necessarily talk about work stuff all the time and or tap them to see who they know or what they know. 
Um, and that's your biggest resources right there is get your team involved. Mm-hmm. Another thing is paying attention to trade publications or programs um, like your school's magazine they send you for alumni, all of those things. And again, reach out to people when they're highlighted, connect with people that you see make sense to connect with. Um, people love to feel honored. And so it's like, yo, I saw you got highlighted here and, and you looks like you're doing a great job with X, Y, Z. I'd love for you to be in my network. So there's just so many different opportunities for you to keep your eyes open. And I think that it's not so intimidating, especially when you're talking about like virtual and LinkedIn, because people aren't really getting hit up as much as you might think. If you tweet somebody and that might kind of go to the wind for somebody who has like a zillion, you know, followers or whatever. But I I don't think a lot of people really send like a good professional message. um, And that does get looked at. And like that would mean so much more to me if somebody hit me on LinkedIn and was like, hey, you know, I really appreciate you're doing this without asking anything, just saying I want to connect. Then like writing an Instagram DM or like liking something like it just doesn't it doesn't hit the same and also like I'll think about that be like oh I actually go to their page like how'd you find me like what do you do oh we went to school together that's cool Mm -hmm. and to that another big point is to as much as you can try to connect like hey I went to this place or hey I saw you here or hey like connect with the person so it doesn't just look like hey, I'd like to chat with you sometime. And you're not saying anything. You're not telling them what you do. You're not telling them what you know about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and just make sure you're talking to the right person. Also, we we said this, but also I want to say it because a lot of times people hit me up about something and it's like, yeah, that's not what I do. And so like before you start asking people for things, actually kind of have some conversation first or have an understanding of what they actually can do with you or for you. Because especially if that information is readily available, like I'm, I might be a yeah, little irritated. No, they didn't. Yeah, look. You, I know you didn't do research, and then I, in my head, I think you're lazy. Um, mm-hmm. because I'm mm-hmm. like, man, you what? You want me to do that? I don't like. Oh yeah, I saw you worked in construction. Like I haven't worked in construction mm-hmm. in ten years. Like, and don't do ask mean? questions that you can Google. Also, Watch if out. you're gonna talk to somebody, get what you can get from them specifically. Like something about my experience or something about what we're doing. Because if you ask me something that's Googleable, I think somebody was like, Hey, I want to start a tennis shoe company. And I was like, okay, Google. (laughs) A, what does that have to do with me? B like the first things I would just do is Google. Like, what does it take to have a shoe company? Like, I don't know. Like, and then I I used to find myself being like, if somebody asked me a question, I would go Google. It's like, "Mm, I shouldn't have to do anything. So like, if I'm going to Google, you need to know to do that because if you don't, that just shows me you're probably not going to be successful in this endeavor anyway, because you're not even doing those easy, like low hanging steps. Um, It'd be different if you were like, Hey, I saw something that was saying it's probably best to get this kind of LLC, but um, is that what you did? You know, like that makes more sense. And even with those questions, I don't know. Like <laughs> that's why I have a business manager or that's why I have like operations people because I don't know all the things about even starting it. Like I said, I have a website for X amount of years. So a lot of the things it's like you, we put in a lot of time to figure out what we do know. And absolutely I want to make it easier for whoever else, but not to the point where now you're taking up too much on my time, especially when you don't know them or, you know, whatever. So just be considerate of those things. 
And it's and it's like people want to help people, and so most more often than not, people will be happy to help you, but they're not going to do the work for you, and that's rude and lazy on your part. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like we've all asked dumb questions and not done things and been there, and so this is you know gracefully and respectfully calling you out mm-hmm. to make sure you know the person that you're reaching out to, and you've done your research, and you know that they're the person for that. Like, don't call me asking me to be a social media manager. Like, that's not a thing that I do. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then on the other side of it, um, don't let people take up too too much of your time and don't spend too much space in an area where it's like if that's not even your space or if it's like you know what I don't really think I can offer you anything here but if you have anything to do with xyz let me know um one thing I started to do when people would be like hey I want to have a call or I want to meet or whatever is okay about what can you send me kind of what's your agenda what's your questions Mm -hmm. that kind of came from the fact that people wasting my time when they just wanted to go out with me or whatever. Um, but that is helpful because now it's like, all right, I can nip this in the bud because a, listen, I can just send you a site real quick. That's going to answer that. Or, Hey, I don't really actually do that. Maybe I could think of somebody I can, you know, put you with, um, that makes more sense. And so it just kind of saves everybody time. And a lot of times, if they're not really about nothing, they're not going to respond anyways. Yeah, if you put I up a that. mini barrier, or you they like, just, Hey, send me an email and they and will not get no email. Yeah, or hit Thanks, me on LinkedIn guys. and they don't. Thank you for, you know, keeping both of our times free for this. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then the last tip that we have is to have more conversations with high performers or people in your own company or right around you, maybe in your field. Because, again, we are all in this together. And so if you notice, you know, Jimmy John over there is like in the corner office is like, always getting all the sales. He's, you know, but he seems like he's doing good. Like you can ask people like, hey, like, can you help me with my sales pitch or is is what I'm doing? How do you feel about this? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, what's the keys or whatever, like learn from the people right around you. You don't have to figure everything out by yourself. And that's one of the um, like hardest things to kind of maybe hop out of. Um, But you don't. And a lot of people are more willing to help you than you may think. Yeah. So ask, so be informed, know what you need, know what you can give, ask the questions, do the research. And I I think that's it. Like, just be clear. Like, and it's okay. Be humble in that, like, not on some trying to humble you down, but like, get your ego out of the way and really just try to learn, really try to want to learn and really want to connect with people. And sometimes that's hard. But like, even for me, I have to really like tell myself like, yo, like, I want to connect with people um, to make the conversations actually better and good. Mm hmm. And yeah, just watch those expectations because you might get your feelings hurt on stuff and that's okay. Um, I don't think people ever, well, for the most part, don't intentionally do things to hurt. But yeah, just look to grow, be curious and try. So if you're against networking and you're trying to get that new position or grow your business, you might have to challenge yourself and do these things. So um, this week's shout out, I'm so excited, so I've been doing it on my phone trying to find it, <laughs> is Signs the Label. was founded by Beth Moore out of a feeling of wanting a handbag that was intentional, to skew away from logos and conspicuous hardware, to create something that was just as eye-catching and notable, but understated enough to be an everyday bag. Reimagining classic silhouettes, creating items that blend the contemporary with timelessness, present and future, day and night. So that when you see yourself in our handbags, you see yourself however you imagine to be. Mm. That was a fire. I like that. That was nice. Um, so <laughs> the information is their website is shop-stl.com. And then their Instagram is signs the label. We'll put it in the bio. But it's a handbag company founded by a black woman. So support her and the amazing things that she's doing. Mm-hmm. And this week, our question is, 
Of all the countries you've visited thus far, what has been your favorite food destination? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I was excited. Yeah, know I like food. Um, Peru. Peru. Oh, my God. The food was so good. Oh, my God. It, it was very unexpected. I did not expect the food in Peru to be that wonderful, but it was fire just from the quality of the beef and the chicken and everything. And then um, there was a huge migration of Chinese people to Peru. So there's a lot of Chinese Peruvians, which I had no idea until I went there. And their food is um, chaufa or chifa. Uh, I've heard it said both ways, but it's a fusion of like Peruvian, South American cuisine and Chinese food. And it is chef's kiss. It's amazing. I bet so. that is good because I love oh. me a Peruvian chicken. Oh when my you God. The right things spots. are so good. And yeah, chimichurri, baby. Yeah, that hits. Um, I'm going to have you go with the classic example of of Italy because that really like I really just ate so crazy the pasta like is so much realer everything was just so good and delicious so for me I would go with Italy for my I guess for my favorite food destination but in the United States though New Orleans baby Mm, I actually, I like I'm actually about to put Detroit on top of them now because I just Ooh. went to Detroit a couple weeks ago and he- hear me out okay New Orleans is perfect, especially because I'm a seafood lover. But after a while, it's like, all right, where can I get a regular meal? Because everything's like crawfish etouffee and like, all right, like after a while, I could see that being like, all right, but where's your restaurants that have range? And a city like Detroit, similar to Chicago too, but in Detroit, it's like the Mediterranean food was so good. Um, Mm. The Italian food was so good. And I went to all these different places and they have so many different, like the people from those different um, areas and in neighborhoods without it also being like crazy expensive or anything. It was just like really good. Everything was really good. Man, my favorite outside of Louisiana, because they have great Southern food, everything is New York. So man, now mm-hmm. the D, for I the, guess I got to put that on the list. Yeah, but for the variety, I would say. So um, yeah, it's delicious. Uh, LA is the worst. So, man, when I moved out here, everybody's like, the food is going to be the uh, yeah, best. First of all, y'all have never trash. lived anywhere else. <laughs> it's fresh, though. I'll say that. That's the one it's thing. Like, it, it seems like it's all, like, gentrified as hell and, like, not as seasoned. And for the price point, you'd be like, eh, I could have made this at home. And yeah. put a little bit more. Like, all I needed was garlic powder, onion, salt, and pepper, and I could have did better exactly. than this. I've actually brought food home and added some seasoning because I was upset. Uh, it wasn't good. <laughs> so not, I didn't want to waste my L. money. <laughs> well, yo, L, I'll never go to a restaurant again if I had to take the food home and add some seasoning to it, dog. Like, Bro, I was, no, we got to deliver it. We got food delivered and I definitely had a seasoning. Oh, I put it back in the skillet and was like, yeah. man, this is terrible. I say Sienna, but this shit was terrible. That's bad. Um, so let us know what are your That's favorite bad. food or countries to visit for the food. Um, hit us at Carly's Couch at Lextopia at CC Fierce and also your favorite US spots for food as well because we both some foodies. Mm-hmm. Love it. Goodbye. Bye.